Hey, Foundation, I have missed you. Pastor Melissa has missed you. But we are so glad that we got a chance to get away. We're very, very grateful. We got to relax, recharge. We're back better than ever and a little bit more tan because we definitely got some sun. But I do want to let you know we need your prayers because this week we're at Gateway and some of our leaders are going to come out to join us for a leadership pastors conference. I'd like you to pray for safe travels and that the Lord would give us vision and excitement to bring back to share with you. I want to also say how proud I am of our speakers that filled the pulpit, filled the platform. Pastor Raquel, Mr. Jamie, and now you're going to hear Brother Laz in just a second. But I'm so happy. We have amazing leaders in this house that can present God's word when I'm out. I mean, how about Brother Jamie's message? Dig deeper. Get into Jesus' parables. Pull out those gold nuggets and really hear the heart of his teaching. Pastor Raquel shared with parents how to see what their children are going through, how to see what their young people are going through, and how to really value truth and not to be swayed by this culture and their wishy-washy approach to truth. Now, I want to share with you that Brother Laz is going to be up in just a minute. I know Brother Jamie's going to introduce him, but I want to share from my heart how special he is to my wife and I and this house. He believes in discipleship. He has a love for God's word, a love for the men and the families of this church. And I just cannot say enough how he embodies what we represent. So in just a little bit, won't you give it up for Brother Laz? And one more thing, are you ready? I'll let him ask you. Amen, amen. Pastor Chris pretty much said it all. But I have the blessed opportunity to introduce our speaker today. But before I do that, let's pray over some of the needs of our church as well as over our offering. As usual, you can give out in the foyer in our lobby or as well online on our, on, through the MyFCM app. If you have any questions with that, our Connection Center can help you with that. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we come to you as humbly as we know how. We love you. We adore you. We thank you so much, Lord, for who you are. We thank you for your mercy, for your grace, for your sovereignty and majesty, Lord. We thank you for the fact that we have the blessing of knowing you as our father and a friend. We thank you for the comfort you provide, Lord. And right now, Lord, I lift up the hearts of every individual under the sound of my voice, that you would provide for them in a mighty way, Lord, that you would do what only you can do, Father, that you would teach us how to cling to your unchanging hand, Lord. I pray that you would bless us with strength where it's needed, patience where it's needed, understanding and forgiveness where it's needed, Lord. Help us to understand that there is nothing broken that you cannot fix, that there is no wound or scar that you can't heal, Lord, that we're never too far gone, and that you will always pursue us, Father. I pray for eyes to see and ears to hear and a softened heart to receive all that you have to give, Lord. Bless today's offering, Lord. Let it be toward the upbuilding of your kingdom. Bless the cheerful giver, Lord. And bless those who are unable to give, Lord, but have the heart to give, Lord. And they would know, too, the blessing of providing in your house, Lord. We magnify your name and give you all the praise and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. So, are you guys ready for the word today? This has been a long time coming. Come on, third service. It's like afternoon now. You guys should be awake. As a matter, hey, Brother Laz, Pastor Chris actually said that third service was his favorite service. Yeah, okay, okay. All right. It is my honor to bring to this stage Brother Laz. This is a man who I've had a the honor of serving with. 
He pours into your young people in 3D, in Rush, in our men, in discipleship. He, as Pastor Chris says, exemplifies the mission of foundation. I've had a chance to watch him grow spiritually in an amazing way. And he is a tremendous man of God. You can see his heart in everything that he does. And you can see it also reflected in his beautiful wife, in his honorary big head kids. <laughs> and he is the kind of man that would literally give you the shirt off of his back, unless it's his Eagles jersey. <laughs> it is my honor, my privilege to bring to the stage my brother, Brother Laz. Love you, brother. Wow, that was a lot. That was a lot. I do not need this. I do not stand or sit, sorry. Um, wake up, right? That's what he says, the next, the next uh, season of discipleship. Uh, obviously, I told the first service, I don't have to worry about y'all waking up, right? Because I'm, I'm an early bird, so I'm, early, I'm up at 4.30 every, every day. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. Oh, but wake up. Please do not take this for granted, the discipleship sessions and seasons that go on. I am a product of discipleship, a product of it. I would not be here standing right here if it wasn't for discipleship. And so I cannot emphasize that enough. I mean, if y'all only knew, there are some of y'all that know who I used to be. But I'm telling you, the Lord did some amazing work in my life, and, and I'm here to share that with y'all, you all today. And I'm just so thankful and grateful to be able to do that. And, uh, and so, but yeah. But just to give you a quick rundown of what's going to take place here today, we're going to pray. We're going to start off with prayer. We're going to honor the Lord, obviously. We're going to honor some brothers and sisters here in the house, and then we're going to get to the message. It's three points, short, simple, it's quick, but I did kind of run over like 15 minutes, but I say that, I say, but the good thing is, is that, you know, y'all, you cowboy fans, y'all lucky, y'all, they play at three, because I was going to keep y'all, to, I mean, I was going to keep y'all, y'all were going to be into the fourth quarter by the time y'all got home. <laughs> But no, it it's really is a blessing to be here. My hope is that we would allow, all of us here, that we would all allow that the Holy Scriptures to transform us. My hope is that everyone would leave here 100% different. As we, as we read in Genesis, the very beginning, God's Word speaking life into existence. We're about to read those very words. And so for us to leave here the exact same... It's not, it shouldn't be because his word is that powerful because when he speaks, creation happens. It takes place. That's how powerful his word is. And church family, that's my hope for, you, for each and every one of us here today that we would all leave here completely different. Amen? So we're going to bind some things up right now. We're going to bind some attitudes up. We're going to bind up some things that just do not belong here right now. We're going to set... We're going to just usher in the presence of God, right? But before we do that, we have to get rid of things that just don't belong here. We have to. Our thoughts are going to steer us to thinking like, man, why is Brother Laz up there? What has he done that I haven't? That's what our thoughts are going to make us feel. But one thing I want us to understand that there's a flesh and then there's the spirit. There's two different ways of thinking. And so... But in order to do that, we have to get rid of some things, bind up some things, which means we're going to declare something forbidden. We don't want that in here any longer. We don't don't need that any longer. And then we're going to start to loose up some things, the things of the Spirit. Amen? Amen? Amen. And just to tie it all together, Romans 8 really just brings to life. The things of the flesh and the things of the spirit. So before we pray, we're going to read a couple of scriptures. 
Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Cannot please God. So that's the, that's the, the, the realm we want to get out of, the realm of the flesh, and enter into that realm of the spirit. Amen? There's another scripture that really just brings it out before we pray. It's actually my password to my computer because it means so much to me. <laughs> so y'all see it. I mean, it's Ephesians 6. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Again, in our own strength, we can't handle it. But it's in, it's in the spirit, in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. My goodness, there's a real enemy out there, and he's out to get us. He has one purpose, to still kill and destroy us. He's out to find any way in, whatever door, and that's why we wanted to get rid of these things before we even got started here today. The devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Tell your neighbor that. I mean, the struggle isn't against flesh and blood. But against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Again, there's that realm again. We have to exit that realm of the flesh because there will be absolutely nothing today that, that, that makes sense if, you, if you're operating in that fashion. There won't, nothing will make sense because remember, it, it, it cannot please God. It's going to go against everything God has to say. These are not my words. We got like a hundred scriptures today. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> but I wanted us to just set that tone, get the mood set that there's things that just do not belong here. They aren't welcome here any longer. Amen? Will y'all pray with me? Will y'all pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for this amazing day that you've blessed us with, Father God. We thank you, Lord, that after all we've done, Father God, you would still allow us into your house, Father God. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you would just welcome us, Father God, with open arms, Father God. Father, we thank you that you sent your one and only son to die on a cross for us, Father God, for our sins. Father, we deserve death, but you made a way for us, Father. And Father God, by that same power that, that rose Jesus from that dead on that day. We ask right now in the power of the Holy Spirit to absolutely start to bind up things that do not belong here. Father God, we want to bind up weariness, shame, idleness, and fear. Distractions do not belong here. Depression and anxiety, the pain of the past or the present or the future. Lust or anything that isn't of you, Lord. Father God, we ask, Lord, that you bind that up right now. Tie it shut, Father God. Remove it from this place, Father God. We bind up the spirit of mammon, the spirit of Jezebel right now, Father God. The spirit of e any evil, Father God, that does not belong here. Cast it out of here, Father God, in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, right now we ask that you start to unloosen strength. Freedom, understanding, wisdom, healing, peace, joy, love, and a sound mind to receive your word. Father God, unloose love, hope, and fear, and a fear of the Lord that we've never experienced, Father. Father God, unloosen our eyes so we can see you in everything, so we can hear you in everything. Father God, we ask that you just anoint our ears so we can hear your voice. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen, 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 amen. It's going to be one of those messages. It's going to be one of those. And I, I mean, man. So we're going to honor the Lord. We're going to honor God for all that he's done. And as I was reading and trying to figure out how I want to 
you know, really just bring this out. I was reading it in 1 Timothy, and I was just like, man, it sounds so familiar. It sounds, and I tell the first two services, like, it sounds like I wrote it. But it's the same spirit. That's why it sounds so familiar. So tell me, family, when I read it, if it sounds familiar to you too. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 12 through 17, it says, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has given me strength, that he considered me trustworthy, appointing me to his service. Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a, and a violent man. Anybody? I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. Sound familiar? Sounds familiar, huh? But for that very reason, I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Now to the king, eternal Immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. There, there couldn't be any bigger way than to just bring forth the honor of the Lord. When I read this, I told my wife, I was like, I have to open up with this. There is nothing I can say that hasn't already been written. And it was written for this very purpose because I feel the exact same way. I'm the worst of them. Anybody feel that way? See what I'm saying? It sounds so familiar, right? Sounds so familiar. Again, I wanted to make it clear that today has nothing to do about me. It has everything to do about Christ. Everything. Every single thing is here is, is about the Lord. That he would display his immense patience. As for, for us to be an example for those who would receive him. That's amazing. That is amazing. Thank you, Lord, for being patient with me. Can anybody say that? Can anybody say that? Thank you, Lord. Man, my goodness. Wanted to continue with this in honor. I wanted to honor my family. There should be a picture. There they are. <laughs> They're awesome, right? <laughs> They're awesome. That's my wife. Myra Foz, we've, we've been married for over 20 years now. Over 20 years. Man. It's pretty awesome. I love her dearly. She's been with me through the downs and ups. Because it didn't start off ups and downs. It started off downs and ups. I'm so just thankful and grateful that she honestly would suffer through it. And she didn't even have to. But she did. And I'm so thankful for, for her and just the testimony. Ladies, if y'all want to hear an amazing testimony, my goodness. She does have a, a, a Bible study night on Thursday. It's about to be packed. In that. <laughs> but I'm so thankful and grateful for her. She's amazing. I love her dearly. And I have my son. I don't, I don't think he's here. I think he probably stepped out. But Lazarus Jr. right there. Oh, my goodness. He's amazing. He's talented. He's gifted. I love him so much. He also was a part of this life that I would wish I could erase, but I can't. But he has taught me so much. He's shown me what forgiveness looks like because after all the things I've done to them, and it's, it's amazing that he would even still call me father. And so I'm so thankful and grateful for him. He's made me a better father. He's made me a better husband. He's made me a better youth leader. He's made me a better everything. I really look up to him. I admire him. He's amazing. And then I have my daughter, Lily. She's my favorite. Simple. Simple. She's my favorite. I'm not even going to hide it. She's my favorite. I told the first, first uh, second service just that. And they were like, what? It's true. It's true. It's true. We all have a favorite. I'm the favorite. I'm the friend. That's how I know. That's how I know. My mom was here last service and my sister was sitting next to her. She didn't appreciate that. But, <laughs> but now she, she's blessed. She didn't have to experience a lot of the things that her mom and her brother went through. 
She's been planted. And I've been, I've been praying this prayer over her life since I came to Christ. That she would be planted by the river that never runs dry. That she would be bearing fruit every single season of her life. That she wouldn't have a, a season off of bearing fruit. And she's amazing. She's talented. You'll see her serving uh, in the worship team out back. She serves in, in, in Russ. Last Junior serves. He actually works here, for those of y'all who, who don't know that. It's been a, tr I mean, we're talking about an absolute miracle that he would even be here after all we've been through. My wife and I, we serve out back as well. Uh, but it started with the declaration, declaring that as for me and my house, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, right? And so what we did there, we bound up idleness. We bound it up. And all of a sudden, servanthood is free. And all of a sudden, we have this saying there in our home is that we're not going to be great at one thing. We're going to be good at everything. That way the Lord can use us wherever he needs us. It started with a declaration. And so please go home and make that declaration over your home this evening or this afternoon or whenever that is. Amen? Newest addition to our family. Yeah, I knew I knew y'all would love that. I knew y'all would love that. That's why I did it. That's why I did it. His name is Leo. Yeah, and he also has some special talents like eating baseboards and uh, yeah, for real. Shoelaces. I mean, if he touches my Jordans though, he, he might need a new home. We have them because my daughter asked. <laughs> so, like I said, anything she, anything she asks, we get. Amen? <laughs> but I wanted to continue in the attitude of honor with honoring the church servants. The house servants. The body of Christ. My goodness. The body of Christ. How amazing is that word? I was talking to Mr. Chuck over, over the weekend on Saturday. He was fitting, fitting me for this mic. And him and I started having a conversation about this very topic. And, and he didn't know I was going to actually talk about this. And he's like, my daughter, I'm not sure if it was his daughter or son. I have to ask him later. But he's like, my, whoever it was sent him something about servants and volunteers. And it hit, it just hit a little different. And I was like, Mr. Chuck said that to me. And this is what it said. It said, fundamentally, the difference between a volunteer and a servant is the spirit in which one approaches the need or task. Flesh, spirit. Whole nother, it's a whole nother perspective. Volunteering may be a choice, but serving is a calling. Servants are willing to sacrifice themselves. Volunteers will do what fits into their schedules and no more. Servants are committed to the cause. Volunteers feel free to leave at any time. Family, we are full-time servants of the Most High God. We are not volunteers. We are not volunteers. We're full-time servants. Imagine the Apostle Paul starting off the letters, a volunteer for Christ. It wouldn't sound the same, right? But he uses words like a slave of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, right? A servant of our Lord and Savior Jesus. It has a little more oomph to it, right? The church service starting from our parking lot team. We got Mr. Jeremiah out there terrifying everybody. I mean, my goodness. I diagnosed myself early on as an introvert, right? That was self-diagnosed. And if he would have been here, when we first walked in the foundation, I would not be here. I would not be here. He would have terrified me. But that's something that I did. That's something that the, that the enemy placed in my heart. So I would stay away from people. 
So I wouldn't talk to people. So I wouldn't go out and make disciples of all nations. Mm, come on, somebody. From our parking lot team to our indoor team to our, our worship team to our eye care team. I mean, we got the counting team. We got so many teams. Our rush team on Wednesdays. There's some that give up their time on Thursday morning to come clean the church. They cut the yard. They take out the trash. They scrub the toilets. They clean every single toy, every single seat in the 3D ministry. This is amazing. Can we give it up for our servants of the house? Can we give it up? Pastor Chris, Pastor Melissa, I know without a doubt treasures you all. There is absolutely no way three services, discipleship, rush on Wednesdays, any of that can take place without the body of Christ. I mentioned the 3D team. You'll find my wife and I back there on most Sundays. We love your kids. We really do. We, 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 we pray for them. We, they're talented. They're gifted. And they ask a lot of tough questions. They also tell us all your business during prayer time. <laughs> I mean, during prayer time, they're like, mom and dad this and mom and dad that and mom and like, you please pray for And they, then they start going into their dogs and cats and all these, you know, all these different things. But their prayers are powerful. We've seen miracles take place because the childlike faith, they don't even, they don't even doubt. And I wanted to highlight them. They ask tough questions. Can I share a story with you? I didn't share this with the first or second service. They asked some tough questions. I, we host a, a men's Bible study here on Tuesdays. Um, they don't even ask tough questions. I mean, Tui, he doesn't ask nothing compared to them. <laughs> Tui, I mean, come on. But we were covering the birth of Jesus uh, one year. And we have all the characters there. We have videos, right, and all, this, all these types of things, right. So we have... You know, Joseph, we have the Virgin Mary, we have, you know, the wise men, we have, I mean, all, everything's there, right? And so afterwards, we always have a little Q&A. We ask them just to make sure they're paying attention, right? And then we give them the opportunity to ask a question. I'll never forget the little hand that went up. I'm telling you, they asked the tough questions. We're covering the, the birth of Jesus. The little hand goes up, I'm like, yes. What's a virgin? I'm like, oh, my goodness. I'm like, absolutely not. Class is over. We're done here. And, I, I mean, I'm telling you, they're, they're amazing. They're talented. They're blessed. We, we're a blessing to, to help raise them. I know a lot of y'all have helped raise my own kids, and so I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for that. I really am. Coach, thank you, man. But I do see that there's some of y'all who who don't fully trust us with your prized possessions, and I get it. I understand. But here's my, my plea. If, if they're all, oh, I'll take that back. Let's, let's, take a, let's rewind a little bit. I know that there are some that are just attached, right? My son, he's not in here, so I'm going to talk about him. <laughs> he was absolutely attached to my wife's leg. She would walk around like this, like, like, get off of me. Like, she couldn't go to the restroom. She couldn't do anything. His little hand would go under there. And she would tell the story. I mean, it's, he embarrasses me at rest, so I embarrass him in the main stage, right? <laughs> but I do know that there's some of y'all who don't fully trust us. And I get it. But here's my, my plea. Serve with them. Serve with them so you can see that it is a place that prays for your kids that honors your kid, that treasures your kids. And not only that, you will be blessed in the midst of it all. Amen? Amen. 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 And obviously we cannot, there's no way we can forget about our pastors. We wanted to honor our pastors. They said yes for over 20 years now to ministry, to serving. That is amazing. Discipleships. Rush, the youth groups, all these different things. Pastor Chris, Pastor Melissa, we thank you for all that you've done. 
I hope you, you're enjoying your time off, especially away from us. I mean, I, might, I, can, I know how tough we are sometimes, but we thank you. Let's, let's honor our pastors. Let's honor our pastors. So how all this came to be, how all this happened. Y'all got some time? Brother Allen, you got a little bit of time? I know you do, man. I know you do. I know you do. So Pastor Chris once gave an, uh, an altar call on a Wednesday. And he was like, if there's anybody that feels led to preach God's word, come to the front. And I'd love to tell y'all that I went running like, send me, Lord, I'll go. I mean, I stayed in my seat. I'm like, like, there's no way. Like, absolutely not. There's no way. My flesh was telling me everything that was contrary to God's word. There is no way you can do that. You've done too much wrong. Sit your butt down. And I listened. I didn't get up until... He finished praying for all oh, those. Y'all should have seen how many people were up front. It was amazing to see. But then he says, but I know that there's still some stragglers out there. And here I am. And I, went, I felt at that time I had this desire. The Holy Spirit was calling me and leading me into this, into this service, right? That's what the scripture said. Into his service. And so he began to pray in Jesus' name, and here we are. It's amazing. But then several years later, he's like, hey, Brother Laz, did, did you? And I'm like, yes. And he's like, you know what I'm going to say? I'm like, yes. I was answering his questions before he even asked. And he says, start preparing a message. And so... As I started to prepare, I asked my wife. I went home that day, and she, I'm like, babe, like, what do you think, you know, what do you think I should preach on? And she gave me that super spiritual answer. She's like, why don't you pray about it? I'm like, I'm, I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm like, I don't want to pray about it. I just want to know what you think. She's like, and she never gave me an answer. I'm like, I'm like I just want to know your opinion, you know, like, you know, like, she's like, pray about it. I'm like, who does that? <laughs> But I started talking to some of the brothers and sisters the next few weeks. I didn't have no, any idea that I was interviewing y'all. <laughs> I had no idea. But one thing that was evident, hopelessness was all over the place. Not even just here in the house of the Lord, in our communities, in our schools, all over the place. Everywhere. Hopelessness was found. And so the title of today's message is Hope in the Lord. Hope in the Lord. Romans 15, 13 says this, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So catch that. By the power of the Holy Spirit. There is absolutely no way we can function and have this type of hope that he's referencing without the Holy Spirit. If we are operating in the flesh, the God of hope won't fill us with that joy and peace. There's the difference between the flesh and the spirit. Complete difference. In order to have the Holy Spirit, we need to relinquish the power. Let go. Let go. I don't want it no more, Lord. We can't do this on our own strength. We, we can either chase the world, which is consistently changing, or trust in the Lord whose word remains the same. He says, give me what you got, and I'm going to give you something that's light. Right? The world will tire us out with all the new trends and all with everything else that goes on. But God's word remains the same. Today, tomorrow, and forever. Amen? Family, we just have to come to the understanding that we were born sinners. We were born underdogs. Honestly. We were born underdogs. Maybe for some of you, this might be 
man, Brother Laz, I've already heard all this. Maybe it's just a refresher, but maybe there's some of you here that are sitting who don't know any of this. But we were born underdogs. Sin was there in the beginning. One of my favorite, obviously, underdog stories is probably most of y'all's too, is David versus Goliath. We've all heard that story, right? You come at me with the sword and I come at you with, a, you know, the Lord God Almighty, right? Ah. Sports. We always root for the underdog, right? Always. Seems like. Oh, Pastor Chris Baylor. <laughs> Sorry. But when we come to the understanding that it's a sin problem, it's not a, it's not a, Skin problem, it's a sin problem, right? We have to come to the understanding is that the flesh will always say me, but the spirit is going to say he. <laughs> the flesh is going to say me, always. It's always going to be contrary to what God says. Always going to say me, 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 me. But the spirit is going to say he, what he wills to be done in our lives. Amen? Point number one, we are born underdogs. We're going to move quick after this. Romans 5.12 says this, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people because all sin, each and every one of us. It was there in the beginning. Eve was deceived, right? The man slowly followed. And next thing you know, he, he did what most of us do. When we're in our shame, we hide. And that's exactly what they did. They hid. I can't go back. I can't this. I can't that. The Lord wouldn't have me any longer. I've done too much wrong. That's not the truth. God made a way. And his name is Jesus. Amen. Amen. I love the way the Apostle Paul brings this to light. He says in uh, Romans 7, 14 through 25. I call it a tongue twister because it's, I may have to read it a couple times because it's that confusing, to be honest. He says, we know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. Anybody? <laughs> but what I hate, I do. Wow. Remember this one, Chewy? And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is itself, or as good itself does not dwell in me. That is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. Is there anybody that feels that, that hears that? I don't understand. There's this tug of war going on. It's like, what's going on? Has anybody ever felt that way? What is happening? I know I should be doing this. I know I should be doing that. But I just can't. There's something, he says, there's something taking place right now. Verse 20, I'm just going to pick up right there. Now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who does it, but sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil was right there with me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law, but in my sinful nature, a slave to the law of sin. Come on, somebody. Man. There's this game of tug of war taking place, waging war against our mind. This was super important to me. Like I, I might have told y'all, mentally, before Christ, I was, I was so deceived. I'm not sure if I told y'all this, but... I have memories of things that never even happened. That's how deceived I was. And I felt like I was being just tugged back and forth, back and forth. Everyone kept telling me, stop doing this, stop doing that. 
But I couldn't because I didn't understand what was taking place. I didn't understand that there was sin that was living in me. And one day, just like we all have that opportunity, we all ask that question, who will, who will save me? Who will save me? Who will rescue me, he says, from this body that is subject to death? And our answer is found in Jesus. Amen? Amen. Family, we cannot do this on our own. We cannot do this on our own. Once we come to the recognition that we were born sinners, right, we give our lives to Christ, we repent. We have to come to the understanding now that Christ qualifies. Point number two is Christ qualifies. Because everything in us is going to tell us you are not worthy. You are not this. You are not that. You are not any of this. There is no way you should be doing this. Why? Because the devil is a liar. But I'm here to tell you all that Christ qualifies. Christ qualifies us. I have the opportunity at my workplace to, to, to hire people. They fill out their application online, right? It goes through a little process. And if they pass through that process, they're qualified there. Then I get their resume, right? To see if they're qualified to work for my company. But if they're not, then I'm sorry, you know, at this time, yada, 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 right? Here's what I want us to to really understand. God doesn't look at those types of things the way we look at it. Imagine this. Imagine we start to get our resume together. And we try to present it to God on that day of judgment. Anybody? Imagine that. Lord, here's my resume. Hmm. I see see some people cringing. (laughs) And that's the truth. Imagine if we present him this resume. The way the world tries to do, the way they try to present things. This is where they get it so wrong. I'm not a bad person. I don't hurt nobody. I don't, you know, I give. I give to the need. But they're forgetting the most important component to tying everything together. If, our, if his name is not found on, on that resume, we're disqualified. We are absolutely disqualified, and that's where the world gets it wrong. We love them. We care for them. We pray for them. We hope for them, right? But where they get it wrong is in that part right there. That's the biggest part. The Bible says that we're just making noise if, if, if that's what we're trying to accomplish on our own strength, right? Christ qualifies. No one wants to hear those, those words that have been prophesied. By Jesus himself that says, depart from me. I never knew you. No one wants to hear a family member ever have to wonder if someone passes, did they or didn't they? We all have wondered that. Is Christ's name found on their resume? Mm. That's a painful moment. It's a painful moment. Nobody wants to hear that. We, what, we're, what we're longing for is the salvation to come, right? We're longing for, our, for Christ to return, to bring us to that salvation so he can tell us, well done, good and faithful servant. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hope in the Lord. There is hope in the Lord. 2 Corinthians 3.5 says this, not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. Our competence comes from him. The Apostle Paul talks about how if there's anyone that's, that's able to, to brag, right, about anything, it would be him. Because he's a Pharisee of Pharisees. He goes on and starts just naming accolade after accolade after accolade, right. I need you all to understand one thing. I have none of those. I don't have an education. I don't have this. Christ qualifies. I'm telling you the truth. Christ 
qualifies. I don't have speaking. Like I never, I didn't go to a speaking class. Christ qualifies. Christ qualifies, brothers and sisters. Understand that. Stop believing the lies that you cannot do this or you cannot do that. Christ qualifies. This means that no one is disqualified, right? No one is disqualified from this hope. But in this broken world, people are looking for hope. They're searching for it. But here's my question. This is what got everybody in the first and second service. Can hope be found in you? Can hope be found in me? Brokenness is walking through these doors every single Sunday. And they just walk right past us and we don't even stop them. Brokenness is walking through, this, this, through, this, the, the, through the church every single Wednesday. And no one says a word to the hopelessness that's going on. We, we carry something that's so precious. Something that they're searching for. Can hope be found in us? Ask yourself that question. Are we that example? Did Christ show his immense patience with us so they could just walk right by us without even spreading any kind of hope? But that's what the world is looking for. They're searching for something. And his name is Jesus. Can they find it in us? Church family, there was a point when cancel culture was in its highest and I was talking with Pastor Chris about this, and I told him, I was like, Pastor, I was like, you want to know why the world has a, has a problem with forgiveness? I said, because the Christians have a problem with forgiveness. We are the examples, and that is why the world does not know how to forgive. That is why we bear that name. We bear that name and there we are. I can't forgive that person. I can't forgive that person. I can't forgive her. I can't forgive him. And we stay bound to it. When the world is looking for forgiveness, we, we dare not give it out, right? After all Christ has done for us, we don't even want to share it. We're holding on to this hope in our pockets for what? Church family, let's dish it out freely, right? Freely has been given, right? Freely has been given to us, family. Hear my heart on this. Let's give it out. Let's give it away. It's not, it's not meant to stay there. It's meant to share. Amen? Amen? So you may be here and you're like, man, Brother Laz, like, it's, it's a little much. <laughs> like, this is supposed to be... You know, heartfelt and heartwarming and, you know, servants and volunteers and all this. You may be thinking, I have a lot of work to do. We all do. That's okay. That's okay. Things will start to change. That's why discipleship is for, so important. Church family, point number three is from disappointed to anointed. From disappointed to anointed. At this point, this is where everything comes together, where we're trying to decipher the flesh and the spirit, right? From disappointed to anointed. I remember reading through the scriptures one day, it was years ago, and I knew one day I would be able to share it. And as I'm reading it, I'm, I'm like, wow, this is starting to make sense. All of it's kind of coming together. And it's found in 1 Corinthians 6, 19. It says, don't you realize that your body is a temple for the Holy Spirit? I was like, what? My body is a temple for the Holy Spirit. I'm like, that's kind of weird. And then it goes on and says, who lives in you and was given to you by God. You do not belong to yourself. For God brought you with a, bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. So I'm like, wait a minute. So my body is a temple for the Holy Spirit. I'm like, huh, that is different. Who lives in me? I'm like, okay. I don't have this scripture up, but it's in, it's in Romans 8, 11. It says, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. So I'm like, okay. That's another scripture that's saying that the Holy Spirit is in us. 
And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies, this same spirit living within you. So I'm like, okay. Starting to connect the dots, right? The spirit of the living God lives in me. I'm the temple. I'm the host for the spirit. Then Jesus' words, which brought it all together. John 14. It says, if you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live. You also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in the Father and you are in me, and I am in you. Church family, this already came to pass. Jesus is no longer here. The world is always constantly, oh, I don't see your Lord. I don't see God working. I don't see God moving. And it says it right there. There will be a time. And we're living in that time. But he says, but not you. You will see me even though I'm not here. You will know I'm there even though I'm in heaven. You will know. You will feel his presence. You will see him in everything you do. You will see him in all your life. You will hear his voice. Before long, the world will not see me anymore. And there's a specific reason. Because they cannot. Because they're going against what God says. There's a specific reason. So then I'm like, okay. I get it now. God's spirit lives in me. I'm the temple. The same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead lives in me, right? So now we're here in Revelation 3.20. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. I'm like, okay. Maybe you're here today. Maybe you've given your life to Christ. Maybe you have it. Do you hear the knock on your heart? Sometimes it sounds like a fence, but that's what the Holy Spirit brings. He brings this instruction. He brings understanding. He brings wisdom, right? You hear the knock. And then we get to this portion of the scripture. It's found in Matthew 21. The title of this message, or the title of this little section says, Jesus at the temple. So I hope, my hope is that y'all are seeing this with me. Well, our bodies are temples. Our bodies are a temple for the Holy Spirit, right? So now he's at the temple. He's knocking. Matthew 21 starts off with this. Jesus entered the temple. He knocks, we open it. Somebody let him in. Who let him in? Somebody let him in. He starts to walk. It says, Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. The blind and the lame came to him at the temple and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did and the children shouting to the, in the temple courts, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. Did you, do you hear what these children are saying, they asked him? Yes, replied Jesus. Have you never read from the lips of, our, of children and infants? You, Lord, have called forth your praise. And I want you all to envision this with me. Jesus is in the temple. We're starting the path now, right? All of a sudden, he starts to walk. He, he's grabbing things. This doesn't belong here, chunks it. This doesn't belong here, gets rid of it. That's why I wanted us to clear the room before we got started. Because that's what the Holy Spirit does. When the Holy Spirit enters the room, everything changes. Every single thing changes. So he's, he's, he's walking. This doesn't belong here. He's walking. This doesn't belong here. This doesn't belong here. This doesn't belong here. This doesn't belong here. This does not belong here. He's inside the temple now, guys. This does not belong here. Then he gets to a table. 
generational curses. This table was filled with things. Years and years and years of things just torturing us. Year after year after year. We have on this table drugs, gossip, unforgiveness, smoking, alcohol, anxiety, resentment, anger, selfishness, negativity, pornography, gossip, idleness. Church family, he walks in the temple and he says, these things do not belong here any longer. And he gets the table and just flips it. Gets rid of everything, right? He gets rid of everything because those things do not belong there anymore. We were once that way, but now we're new creations. As he entered the temple, we are brand new. That's why I said we all have the opportunity to walk out of here 100% brand new. Why? Because the Holy Spirit will not allow any of this stuff at his table. What are you bringing to the table? There may be, I mean, my life was, had red cups all over it. This is nothing. But as he started to do an amazing work in me, he started to get rid of things, 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 get rid of things. He said, none of this belongs here. All that's left, all that's left is him. All that's left is him. All that's left is him. There's nothing else left. Now the room is empty. All this stuff is gone. All of a sudden the healing starts to take place because there's not all these distractions in the room on the table anymore. The blind come to him. He heals them. Now they can see. I couldn't see past all that junk. Now that it's gone, now I can see. The blind can now see. The lame, those who couldn't even get up and walk, now have the opportunity to stand up and serve him. Why? Because there was so much mess. It was just traffic. I couldn't even get through. Now the lame are on the move, heading towards the cross. Church family, again, we cleanse the house, right? He cleanses the house, but we fill it with something. We fill it with the things of the spirit, Right? Because what comes next, these people that are standing there, they start to mock him. You would think they would, they would, be, they would be celebrating, right? Oh, my goodness, look what just happened. But nope. The tempter was going to come back. And the Bible says if he comes back and that temple is not filled with something, it will be, it'll be worse than what it was before. And so here is my plea. Stay filled with the Holy Spirit. Surround yourself with the things of the Lord. Replace all that junk that does not belong here with the things of God. And I'm, I'm telling you, your life will change. Again, you may be here. And I already know this, Brother Laz. I already know this. Well, then teach it. Teach it to, the, to others. Show it to others. Let us be examples of what, how we're supposed to live a Christ-like life. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> As we come to a close, the music's going to start playing. Thank you all for one for letting me share my hope. I still got a lot of work to do myself. But there's hope found in the Lord. There's hope found in the Lord. My hope is this, that we wouldn't be discouraged by any of this, but we would be encouraged by all of it. That we wouldn't allow offense to all of a sudden, oh, well, he doesn't even know what he's talking about. He's not Pastor Chris. Don't let the, the flesh come in and ruin it. Because the flesh will try to derail everything that was said today. My hope is that 
we would no longer live with the victim mindset and live with the kingdom mindset. That's my hope. My hope is that we would no longer live as an underdog and that we would operate and walk in victory for what Christ has done for us. Walk in victory, church. My hope is that we would all go home and evaluate our lives, that we could see the things that need to be. This doesn't belong here. That doesn't belong here. The Bible talks about this, this enemy. He's clever. Even just a crack, even just a flirt, flirting with the things of the world will allow him in. We need to close those doors once and for all in the name of Jesus. Go home, evaluate yourself. I'm going to do the exact same thing. I'm going to do the exact same thing. My hope, family, is that you would know that the Holy Spirit lives in you and you do have the power to overcome those generational curses that once stood on that table. The, the curses that we brought to the table. We brought those, those curses there. He got rid of them. My hope is that we would know we have the power to overcome that. My hope is this, that we would stop trusting in the addiction more than we trust in God. My hope is that we would trust God more than that addiction. The addiction, whatever it is, it brings a temporary relief. God brings an eternal relief, church. God brings. We have to put our trust and our hope in Him, in Him alone. Church, my hope is this, that we would be known as a house of prayer. My hope is that people would call you. Because why? Because you're known. As he starts to redecorate the whole building, right? He says, my father's house will be known as a house of prayer, right? My hope is that people would come calling left and right. Why? Because they know who you are in Christ. They know who you are in Christ. And then they, you can lead them to the cross. You can disciple them and to let them know that you too can pray for them, that they can pray for themselves. It's not just us. It's not just, you know, the brothers and sisters. It's anyone can pray to God. My hope is that you would be known as that person. That's my hope, that we would be the go-tos and stop. It's like, what are we waiting for? We're the hope of the world. We're the hope. We're the light of the world. Amen? My hope is that zeal, a passion for God's house would consume us. A passion for his house would consume us, family. That once and for all, we would all become, be, we all become full-time servants of the most high God. That every spot that needs to be filled in this house would be filled. That we would no longer have to wonder, do we have enough people to serve? Do we have enough this to that every single spot would be filled in the house of the Lord. That all the, the body of Christ would come together in its fullness. And so we can operate. So when the, those that are coming in searching for hope would understand as they walk in, oh my goodness, something's different here. I could feel the power of the Holy Spirit transforming right now as I walked in. Why? Because we're, we're in full operation mode. But instead, right now what we're doing, we're letting the flesh say, oh, I don't have time. My hope is that we would fill these seats. My hope is that we would go out and make disciples. Maybe you're here and you know all this. Make disciples and teach it. Teach it to, to, to people. Teach it. How to instruct, how to live this life. Teach how to teach. Teach how to teach. My hope is that every single person would be transformed by the power of the living God that lives inside of you, that you would no longer tolerate any of this stuff, that you wouldn't tolerate, that it would break your heart knowing 
that what I'm doing is wrong. It's no longer you that lives. It's Christ living in you. Amen? My hope. My hope is this. Maybe you've been doing this for a while now. Maybe you've been serving the Lord for 10, 20 years, 30 years. Who knows how long. Your time's not up yet. If you're still here, you're still more than capable of serving in the house of the Lord. There's so many different areas of of ministry you can serve in. You could call people. You can pray for them over the phone. You can disciple them through Zoom. There's so many different areas. Do not give up hope. If you're still here, God is not done with you yet. Don't believe those lies of the flesh. The flesh is going to tell you, you're done. I'm I'm done. You're done. It's not the the case. Keep walking. Keep serving. Amen? Most importantly, my hope is that those who do not know Christ today would let him in. Open that door. And I guarantee you, 100%, you will never be the same. God will transform your life. And my hope is if there's anybody in all three of these services, even if it was just one, it was all worth it. It was all worth this right here, what we're doing. My hope is that you would come to know Christ and that it would be shown by the fruit. That's what the Bible says. You will know by their fruit. Their life will change. Everything will change about them. Their attitude will change. Their living habits will change. Every single thing will change. Let them in. Hand over the keys. Let go of the power. The power of the Holy Spirit will transform me. Church, as we celebrate together with communion, this is my hope with communion, is that we would remember what he did for us that we would stop taking his name in vain after we take this this remembrance and then we walk out of here and we're still walking in the same things. Like, it does nothing if no one's keeping track of who's taking communion. The Lord knows. The Lord knows. This is my hope that we would not just take his name in vain with our words, but by the way we live our life. Our life takes his name in vain so much more. And my hope is that we would remember him right now for all that he's done for us on the cross. We were destined for hell, but he sent his son to rescue us for the forgiveness of our sins. Sent him on a rescue mission. Father God, we thank you for your body that was broken. And for the blood that was shed for each and every one of my brothers and sisters. In Jesus' name, amen. Church family, thank you so much. I hope y'all have a blessed week. I hope that you would go out, change your communities, change your churches, change everything about your life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.